A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Sarah Ellis. And I'm Helen Tupper. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast. Each week we talk about a different topic to do with work and practical ideas and actions to help you develop in your career and be successful in this increasingly squiggly world of work that we all find ourselves in. And today we're talking about something that I think is particularly relevant as all of our careers get more squiggly, which is this idea of job crafting. So we're going to explore what it is, why it's helpful and as you probably expect from us five ideas for actions that you can take to craft your job today and so let's start by kind of really thinking about like what is job crafting and really simply it's about redesigning your role in some way and that redesign can be very small really kind of tiny tweaks or kind of incremental changes or it can be really significant redesign where you're perhaps really reevaluating the role you're doing today and kind of how that might change. And there's a lovely quote actually from a Harvard Business Review article that we will link to as part of the resources that says, make sure you are shaping your job, not letting your job shape you. And I think that's probably really good impetus to kind of start today's conversation, like really thinking about that is we often talk about within our squiggly careers that we often have a bit of a, there's, there's kind of the difference is, you know, are we sort of drawing our own squiggle? How, how in control of our own careers do we feel? Or does it feel a bit more like someone's kind of drawing them for us or kind of telling us where we should go? And I think this is one of the ways that you can really get more control more motivation, more engagement in the work that you're doing. I actually think that quote is actually a really nice prompt for reflection. Like, make sure you are shaping your job, not letting your job shape you. If I look back on my career, there are definitely roles I've had and in organisations that I've been in where I've shaped those roles. Like, where the role that I did after, I don't know, a year in the job looked very different to day one on the job, largely through all the development that I'd done to the role and how much crafting I'd done. But then there have also been times when I think, oh, I think I changed a lot in that role. And I don't necessarily think that's all for the better. I sort of adapted to fit in. I adapted to achieve in the way that other people were achieving. And if I think about a year of doing that, where I let a job shape me, I've definitely been a lot happier on the times when I shaped the job around like what I was passionate about and what I was good at and more unhappy when I've shaped the job to fit in with everybody else or maybe what I thought was expected. And in a couple of weeks time, we'll be sharing an episode where I interview Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. They've written a book called Designing Your Work Life. Some of you might have read their previous book, which is called Designing Your Life. 
And in their new book, there is a specific chapter that I've read as part of my kind of research before interviewing them, which is called Don't Resign, Redesign. Um, it's lovely. It's a lovely yeah, chapter it's, title. <laughs> it's a really good... Um, they have got away with words, I think it's fair to say. And they are both very practical in their ideas, their actions and their advice. So we actually don't really talk about that loads in the podcast. We talk about lots of kind of other ideas that they've got in the book. But uh, what's interesting about that chapter is I think it goes beyond what we're going to talk about today. So we're really going to talk about crafting the job that you, you're currently in. What they actually also talk about is things like internal career change, sideways moves, exploring different kind of projects within your organisation. So if you're thinking this topic is really relevant to you right now and perhaps it's about going even further than job crafting, but still thinking about opportunities in your current organisation. That might just be a particularly relevant resource that's worth reading. So what we wanted to do is just talk a little bit about why job crafting is beneficial and not just for you, if you're thinking about what's the point in me spending time job crafting and thinking about this or listening to the rest of the podcast, but also maybe you're a manager or you have a role over someone else's career, why it's also beneficial for you to support the act of job crafting. So if we start with you as an individual looking to craft or design or redesign your job, why is it good for you? The first thing is, it is a really good thing to do if you are feeling stuck. Maybe you are in work at the moment and work is maybe feeling a little bit flat and actually maybe there aren't a lot of opportunities just practically right now a lot of organizations are having to review their plans some of the things that they might have had you know in the pipeline maybe even promotions they might have to pause and so if that's leaving you feeling stuck one of the things that it remains in your control is your ability to craft your job and to play to your strengths to play to the things that you're interested in to increase your impact and that control and ownership can feel like like it can give us a bit of autonomy back. So that's another reason why you'd want to do it. That autonomy is part of motivation. If you ever look at Daniel Pink's work, he talks about the importance of autonomy in our motivation. And the third reason is that job crafting is proven, if you look at the research, it's proven to increase engagement. So kind of you're more involved in your job. It's proven to increase performance, probably because you want to craft a job around the things that you're good at. And the third thing is it's is shown to improve well-being. So there's lots of great reasons that this is something... Uh, that's worth your time to invest in for you and your career. But if you also have a role where you have an influence over somebody else's career, this is a great thing to for you to support. The first is job crafting can apply to everybody it's not like we often talk in amazing if about wanting to make sure that career development isn't in the hands of the fortunate few and job redesign and job crafting is something that everybody can do and it's something that you can support people so that they can you know personalize their career and use their strengths to the best of their abilities so it's got kind of universal application job crafting the second thing is it's actually quite cost effective so it doesn't require you to necessarily increase someone's pay or find a promotion or you know find money for learning it's not about that it's really about looking at all of the existing opportunities that someone might be able to you know reshape their job into so it's relatively cost effective uh, versus some other things that you might be looking at to support people with their career development and the third thing is that it's shown to increase loyalty and retention so actually this is a cost effective quite universally applicable way of increasing engagement and increasing retention so it is definitely something that is worth you stopping and thinking about how you could support people in your team with and before we dive into our five ideas for action we're just going to talk about three elements of job crafting so almost three approaches that you can take when you start to think about how you can craft your role 
And the first one is around the tasks, the tasks that you do. So what you do in your role. And I suspect this is where most of us would go first when we think about job crafting and really asking ourselves the kind of question, does it feel like my time is well spent in my role today? Am I spending my time working on the right projects, the right tasks? When I get to the end of the week, does that feel like, you know, I'm using my strengths, I'm kind of doing what I'm good at? And so there are a few things that you can start to do when you start to think about tasks. So the first thing that you can do is think about what you already spend your time on and identify, are there some tasks that you'd like to spend more time on and some things that you'd like to spend less time on? So that's almost starting with where you already are today. The second thing you can do is think about, are there new things that you don't get the opportunity to do that you would like to add into your role? You know, you might be aware of strengths you've got that you don't get the opportunity to use. There might just be things that you're intrigued about that you'd like to add into your role or get some opportunity to experiment with. My one word of warning on this is (laughs) what job crafting doesn't mean, and I suspect uh, Helen knows where I'm going with this, is it doesn't just mean adding lots more into your job so you're just doing you know, working harder, working longer. Every time you add something, really think about, well, what are you going to take away at the same time? Because what we don't want this to become is a way for people to kind of get overwhelmed or burnt out because we've kind of job crafted, perhaps into something that we we will really enjoy. But actually, if it's taking twice the time or if it's meaning that we're having to work so much more, that's never going to be kind of a good outcome. So that's about kind of, changes and kind of newness into your role and then the third thing in terms of tasks might be changing like how you do your job so how you do those tasks so for example one that was relevant to me is at one point in my career I stopped working a five-day week in one organization and started working a four-day week at Sainsbury's which I was working at the time and one day a week on Amazing If. That was a really kind of practical example of me needing to do some job crafting because I had to think about a job that I had been doing five days a week. How would I now do that in four days a week? And back to that previous point, what that couldn't just mean was that I was just going to work really, really long hours for those four days so that I could spend a day on Amazing If. So that's just start with kind of where you are today. Think about what changes you might want to make. Is there anything kind of new that you want to experiment with? And is there anything in how you're doing your job that might also mean that you've got an opportunity to do some crafting? So the second area that you can look at to craft your role is all about the relationships. If the task's sort of about the what, then this relationships bit is about the who. And it's about being intentional about who you build relationships with how you build those relationships and also what you might be engaging with them on to the topic that you might be talking to them about and this can really increase your engagement in your role and there's some really interesting research that we'll share by a professor at Yale University and Google Rework shared one of the videos of her presenting to them about her work about job crafting and she talks about cleaners in a hospital environment. And there were they looked at cleaners' job satisfaction with their role and what made the biggest difference. And one of the things that made the biggest difference with people's engagement 
in their cleaning role in the hospital was the extent to which they got to talk to patients. So they went beyond their job. Like their job role was not to go and talk to patients, but it was the people that had a relationship with patients. It talked about some people like wheeled the patients out to their car sometimes because they spotted that that was something that they could support people with. There was an example of someone who regularly moved the pictures around in some people's hospital rooms because they thought it would support them with their attention and that it might help them to remember. And obviously that's well beyond their job, but it was the relationships they were building with people outside of their kind of core job that helped them to be more engaged and that increased their satisfaction. So the point here is to really think, I think you've got to start with what are the relationships that I've got today and then think about who else could I build a relationship with that might help me in developing my career in the direction that I want it to go into and what might I build that relationship based on? Maybe there's a shared passion or a shared interest, a shared point of connection, for example, or a different way that you could help them. And maybe now you're working virtually, there might be a different way that you could build that relationship than you did before. Maybe, for example, you could have short 30 minute mentoring sessions with them, whereas before it might have been a longer coffee in the office. So just think really intentionally about which relationships could I build that might help me with my career development and uh, progression, for example, and how might I build those in a different and interesting way? And then what is the point of connection for me? It's about being really intentional about redesigning your role around the relationships that you've got within them. And then the third way to think about job crafting is around meaning. So if tasks are the what, if relationships are the who, meaning is about the why. And sometimes we do need to redefine our relationship with our role, or perhaps we need to redefine our relationship with parts of our role. And you reevaluate kind of why something matters to you. And it helps to ascribe meaning to what you're spending your time doing. And actually, I was thinking about this for myself. And I think probably one of my most successful examples of job crafting was not about changing the what or the who, but it was about changing the why. And I had gone into a role where the role had much more of a kind of a reporting and a governance requirement and responsibility than I had anticipated. And it's not my forte and it's not necessarily something that I particularly enjoyed, but it was a big part of that role, at least for a kind of certain period of time. And I could have almost said, okay, well, I don't enjoy this. I want to leave. I want to kind of do something different. But actually what I did was redefine my relationship with that part of my role to really think about, okay, well, why am I doing this? What's the purpose of this? How can I find meaning in doing those kind of parts of my role? And actually the connection that I made was, okay, well, what I bring to reporting and governance is a sense of innovation, of ideas and of creativity. Now that might not always be what you'd associate with reporting and governance, but that was me bringing myself to those tasks that I had to do. So it was almost me connecting my why with the what to actually redefine my relationship with those parts of my role. That's probably something more about your mindset. I think probably with the what and the who, you can see that, you can observe those changes kind of in real life, for want of a better phrase. Whereas I think when you do redefining and redesigning your relationship with your role in terms of the why, I think this is more about your approach, your kind of attitude, your mindset towards your all of your role or maybe kind of parts of your role. So it's perhaps less visible, but I, it can be really powerful, especially when there are things that we can't change. And, you know, for most jobs, there are 
compromises and there will be aspects of roles that perhaps we find hard or frustrating or not as satisfying and at least I think trying to think about okay well can I redefine my relationship with those parts of a role and approach them in a kind of newer different way I think can be a really helpful way to kind of rediscover our motivation for things. And because that might feel, I think that's quite big, it's quite a big area, sometimes a bit hard. We have relatively recently actually done a podcast episode on meaning. It's episode 152. So if that is something that you'd like to spend more time reflecting on, like reconnecting with the meaning or actually just reframing my meaning in my role and my work, then episode 152 might be a good next listen after this episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So action number one is about redesigning your role around your strengths and your values. We're never redesigning our role for redesign's sake. It's not something that we all have to do or that we all must do or should do. We want to do this because we want to spend more time doing the things that we are really good at and living our values. And the more we use our strengths, the more we live our values, that's when we know we're more likely to find flow, as we talked about in a kind of previous podcast episode. It's when we're going to be doing our best work and it's win-win. It's really good for us and it's really good for our organisations as well. And so to be able to do that, firstly, you obviously need to be clear about what your strengths are, what your values are, because they are really your anchors that you want to kind of job craft around. And if you need to spend a bit more time on strengths and values, strengths podcast episodes 27 and 122 and values is 42. But if you're thinking, okay, well, I'm only just about fitting in one podcast a week. There are some quick questions that I think you can ask yourself that will give you some insight that will be a really good starting point for this action. So the first thing is, when am I happiest in my working week? So what are those spikes of satisfaction that I currently feel Monday to Friday? And how could I have more of those spikes? What what would that look like? How could I spend more time on those things? Maybe what work am I doing when I feel at my best? 
So in those moments where you perhaps do find your flow or you have a meeting or a project where you think, oh, that's, that is me at my best. I'm kind of showing up really well here. I feel like I'm using my strengths. What kind of tasks are those things involving? Back to our point around tasks. And maybe as a kind of final question, what conversations give you the most energy and why? So are they conversations with lots of people? Are they conversations with one person? Are they exploratory conversations? Are they conversations where you feel like you're making loads of really great progress and committing to lots of action? Almost like what's the nature of those conversations? And all of those questions just give you really good clues, really good starting points for strengths and values. And then I think you can do the so what. So when you kind of start to get those insights, you then need to do the so what. So what does that mean in terms of if I feel like there is an opportunity to do some level of redesign in my role today, what are those tiny tweaks? What are the bigger kind of incremental changes? Or are there some really significant opportunities that I might want to explore even more? And we'll get into kind of, again, some more actions in a second. But I think remembering that job crafting is not a one-off process. You don't sort of do this once and it's a kind of one-hit wonder and you need to have a really big conversation with your manager where you need to kind of sort all this out simultaneously. Both of our experiences have been, this is almost an ongoing relationship that you have with your own role where you're continually re-evaluating strengths and values probably making some small changes. You might spot some bigger, more significant opportunities that take a bit longer to kind of figure out. Please don't feel this is kind of a, you do this once and then you're done. I think this is something you keep coming back to and you keep committing to. And the second action is really about understanding what that journey might look like, like where you're going from and where you want to get to. And it's about understanding the changes that you might need to get to get to this sort of ideal version of the job where you are using all your strengths, where you are using as much of your values at work as possible. And so to do that, it's really helpful just to take a step back and almost audit all the activities that you're spending your time on at work today. I would suggest like drawing a line on a piece of paper and at the top of it having like I spend the most time on these things and at the bottom I spend the least time on these things and then just write it down like without any emotion of and I hate this and I love this or anything like that just write down what am I spending the most time on and the least time so that you can kind of visualize all of the activities and where you're spending your time and that's sort of like your today version of how you're spending your time and then on the next you can do this on another piece of paper kind of have the to be so you still have your line of where you spend your most time and the least time but now think about if I was really crafting this maybe I'd spent 12 months evolving my role in a way that plays to my strengths and make sure that I'm fulfilling my values what would I like this to look like what would I like to be spending the most time on what would I like to be spending the least time on and then look at your charts side by side highlight some of the biggest changes that you would like to make maybe there are some new things that have come into your sort of ideal to be version of the role that you'd like to craft and create and maybe there's some things that have come out for example maybe there's some things that stay the same which is a great realization you've kind of got to do this exercise to realize what it tells you but what that really starts to highlight is where you might want to focus some of your efforts some of the conversations that you would go and have some of the smaller actions that you might go and take it just helps you to see some of the shifts that you want to make and even though it might take time because this isn't going to happen you know from one Monday to the next as Sarah said it gives you a sense of where am I going from and to that can be really helpful for you. So the third action is about give and gain crafting. And I think recognising that 
job crafting is not just about you. The more you can get support and kind of sell the changes you're trying to make to others, probably the better. I think there's definitely an argument sometimes for asking for forgiveness rather than permission (laughs) and sometimes doing a bit of this experimenting for yourself. And, you know, sometimes you need to show what's possible or just start to kind of figure some stuff out for yourself first, perhaps before you start to do this. But I still think this is kind of a helpful thing to reflect on. So for any change that you are hoping to make to your role, think about, okay, so what am I hoping to gain from this? So more time doing certain things or building some different types of relationship. What are those other people going to be gaining? And so you're actually kind of looking at it both from your perspective, but also from the perspective of your manager, from the team that you work in. What impact is this going to have on the team of people that you work with? What impact is it going to have on your organization? And so often, sometimes I think when we do this, we get very focused on ourselves because obviously it is all about us and our role. But if you can do that, take that moment to kind of walk in some of the people's shoes to figure out some of the implications of thinking, okay, well, if I spent more time on this task and less time on task B, okay, well, will task B still have to happen? And where would that happen? Or is it something that we could stop? Perhaps you have stopped it for a couple of weeks just to see if anyone cares, if anyone notices. And then, and then and then you kind of go, okay, well, perhaps this is something that we could take out of our team. You know, that whole, oh, we've always been doing it, so we just keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it does take someone to kind of be a bit brave and just think, well, I'm just going to take a week off that. Oh, and then actually suddenly that's when you realise everyone does read that weekly presentation that you send out. Or you realise, <laughs> actually, and this is me talking from live experience, you realise that no one reads it. Or perhaps they did, but perhaps you need to think about, you know, sharing that in a different way. It can start with you and it can start as a bit more of a kind of solo task and activity, but also include other people as part of this process. Don't feel like you kind of have to do all of the solving yourself and don't forget to do that sell bit at the right moment at the right time. Think about that given game beforehand and I think that will really help you. And our fourth idea for action is also about involving other people. And it's the idea of crafting collectively. So if you can have a team conversation, or maybe it's like a project team, or maybe it might be your actual like team that you work in at work on a day-to-day basis. If you can have a collective discussion about some of the changes that you might like to make in your role. So I might say to Sarah, for example, oh, I'd really like to spend a bit more time doing some creative problem solving on our business. I really enjoy that. It gives me a lot of energy it helps me feel like I'm creative in a really practical way Sarah might say oh actually that's not something that I'm particularly passionate about but I found myself doing more and more and some of the things that I've been working on maybe that's something that could come over to your role so it's the idea that if you can share in quite a positive way some of the areas you might like to evolve and develop your role in other people might be able to support that maybe they've got an idea of how you could do it maybe they're already doing it and don't feel quite as passionate about it as you do and they could give you that opportunity but it's a way that you can support each other with your development and also spot opportunities for development with and in your role that you might not be able to see yourself and then the last action number five is about this idea of micro crafting and some of the research that we've read demonstrates that actually if we just spend 12 minutes a day so it's about an hour a week on kind of redesigning our roles it has a really significant impact on our motivation and kind of how we feel so 
as Helen said, sometimes this idea of like redesigning our roles, even that word redesign can feel like it's got to be something really radical. But actually, lots of the examples that you read, and when I think about how we've both done this, it's lots, it's lots of kind of small changes ourselves and kind of with people around us. So we've tried to think of one example of microcrafting for task relationship meaning, going back to how we kind of frame job crafting at the start of our conversation, just to give you an insight into kind of what this could look like. So on task, for example, one idea we had was you could spend 10 minutes a day on self-improvement specifically related to something you want to get better at where you'd like it to be kind of part of your role redesign. So to make that really real, if that had been me talking about, oh, you know, I obviously always wanted to spend more time developing people, I could spend 10 minutes in my role thinking about, okay, could I spend 10 minutes on LinkedIn learning? Could I spend 10 minutes watching a TED talk? Could I spend 10 minutes reading a blog or a kind of in-depth article? And I'd probably, because I love variety, I'd probably mix it up every day. But that self-improvement is very focused at the kind of the strength or the opportunity that you've spotted as part of redesigning your role. So I guess you're trying to equip yourself to be in the best possible position in terms of your knowledge and your expertise to keep spending more time in that area. And actually, when I reflect back, I think this is probably what really helped me when I was trying to do convince people I should spend more time developing people <laughs> is I knew more about this area probably than anyone else around me because I was so personally passionate about it. It was what I was dedicating all of my spare time to. It was what I was really curious about. So I'd always read, watched and listened to the kind of the latest things on people development. And I could always bring that to conversations and people could spot both my passion, my strength, my expertise. And so over time, I could claw out more and more of my role to kind of do those things. Because I, I think probably over the space of about two or three years, developing people probably went from being 10% of my role to probably 40 or 50% of my role. Um, and like I say, so that was just a very intentional process. I never knew that I was aiming for 50%, but I think actually just doing things like this 10 minutes of self-improvement a day made a really big difference to me. And then number two is about the relationship. So what microcrafting can you do around relationships? I would start with who do you want to develop relationships with and how could you help those people by doing a five-minute favour? So we've stolen this from Adam Grant. He talks about the idea of being a real giver and doing five-minute favours. And really, this is just about identifying really small ways that you could help those people. Perhaps you could share something that you've read that you think might be really relevant to that person. Perhaps you could say thank you to someone in that person's team who's done a really brilliant job. Really small, five-minute favours. It is amazing how I think every time you do these... They do genuinely take you five minutes, but the positive impact it has on those people is really significant. And then the last one, meaning, we were thinking for this, a good idea could be think about one thing that you're not looking forward to today. I reckon most <laughs> most of us have this every day. There's like one thing where you think, oh, I could live without that today. <laughs> um, and have a practice reframing it so that it's meaningful to you. So you're kind of practicing this idea of connecting what is meaningful to you with the tasks you need to do, exactly as I kind of described. And you get the added benefit here of your practicing reframing, which is just a really useful life skill. So Helen, you said to me you'd had a go at doing this. What, what's your example? 
I feel really bad saying this. One thing I'm not looking forward to today that I have to do, and I've got to do it straight after this as well, is I've got to record five intros and outros for next week's podcast, um, which is not because it's not great. It's a really good set of podcasts. Next week's podcasts are all about setting yourself up for success. And we've got five different guests who are sharing so many different insights with us about you know strengths and brand and everything for setting yourself up for success. But oh, it's going to take me quite a lot of effort to do all the intros and outros. So if, if I'm And also, honest, we are notoriously bad at intros. That is choice. true. I think it's, it's going to take me say. effort and I'm probably going to have to re-record it five times because I just stumble over intros and outros all the time. So my reframing of that, if I focus on, oh, that's a task and I don't really enjoy it, it feels really hard to do. But if I think about the meaning of it, actually, it's probably quite a good learning opportunity because for me to do five intros and outros in quite quick succession is a really good intentional way of me sort of getting better deliberate development which is quite nice I could think about it that way but also I could get meaning if I thought about it slightly differently that these are podcasts that I want to do justice to if I do a bad intro you're not going to listen to those conversations with those brilliant guests that we've brought on so if I think about the meaning as creating the right start for you to listen to that podcast with those brilliant people then that helps me to think well that gives me more meaning you know giving justice to those conversations so I'm going to think about learning and I'm thinking I'm going to think about <laughs> justice to those people that have spent their time sharing their wisdom with us and that definitely gives me a lot more motivation than me <laughs> thinking about how rubbish I am at doing it <laughs> good luck with those I have to say I don't envy you because neither of us are very good at those <laughs> <laughs> so just in summary then the five ideas for action to help you to job craft the the first one is about redesigning your role around your strengths and values. The second idea was all about reviewing your today versus to be job. The third idea was about give and gain crafting. The fourth was about crafting collectively. And the last one that Sarah just talked about was about micro crafting. So we hope that's given you lots of things that you can take away and helped you to think about how you can maybe look at your job differently. And even if maybe you are feeling a bit stuck right now, that's given you lots of things that are in your control that you can start to do differently. As I said, next week, we've got five different people who are going to be on the podcast for our Setting Yourself Up for Success series. That includes people like uh, Bianca Miller-Cole on personal branding, Marcus Buckingham all around strengths and Megan Wrights on speaking up at work. So please do like subscribe so you don't miss out on those because we really wanted to pack in lots of things that we thought would be quite useful for people at this time of year when you might be sort of going back to work in a slightly different way and just really reconnecting with your job and your role and your career at this point in time so hopefully that is helpful for you and lots of links and things that we've referenced that will all be on amazingif.com so if you want to you know watch any of the videos or look at any of the research that we looked at to pull this episode together then head to amazingif.com go to the podcast page and you'll find all the details there and i think that is everything for this week sarah yeah just thank you to everyone who continues to leave us ratings reviews we always read every one. They are the real highlight in our week. I want to think about how I can job craft my week to just read nice <laughs> reviews because that always makes me feel really good about myself. So thank you <laughs> to everyone who does that. Uh, we do really appreciate it. It's a good five minute favour that you can do for us if you've not had chance to already. But otherwise, really look forward to hearing what you think about the episodes next week. I think they're going to be a really good series and I hope they'll be really helpful. But thank you so much for listening to today and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Bye everyone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 